it is college or it's the military. Those were my options when I was nearing the end of my high school education. In my family, there was a line of military persons or those that went to college. Quite honestly, there were also those that did not go to college. I do see that parents want what's best for their children. For so long, and even in many communities still, we are told a four-year degree, and ideally even beyond that, is how you get to where you want to go in this world. It's how you have a successful career. It's how you make money. Without that, you are going to be in jobs that are barely paying the bills. There is a lot to be said, and it's honestly a whole other conversation that a minimum wage job does not pay the bills. There's some bogus shit that happens all over the world where people cannot afford to make ends meet. And guess what? Some of those people went to college. College is seriously not for every pursuit that you want to take. College will not get you everywhere you want to go. College is one of many options to take and to pursue after you are done with high school. You don't need college. I will die on this hill. Hogwarts. What a pathetic excuse for a school. I went to college. It took me years and years and years to graduate. I graduated high school in 2006. It took me until 2019 to actually hold my bachelor's degree. The piece of paper is still with me. It's in my closet. I should probably hang it up. Pretty cool that I still did it after that long. And for so long, I felt very alone. I was so embarrassed that I did not have my college degree that I honestly would just never bring it up. And I skirted the conversation when I was dating. And then when I found more serious partners, it was a big deal for me to actually finally tell them, hey, I actually do not have my college degree. I have this many credits and I'm pretty close, but I don't know if I'll ever economically be able to do this. I was working full time. I worked full time all through school. Was I able to still take classes? Yes. Economically speaking, I was in a rough spot and I had to make some sacrifices. And a lot of that was paying extra tuition to be able to take those classes to credit towards a degree. And statistically speaking, nice little bit of trivia here for you. Most college students in America expect to graduate in four years. That's what's sold to you, right? Like you go to college for four years, then you're done. However, and this is staggering, I was shocked, just 41% of students graduate in four years. 41%. That means the majority, the other 59%, do not graduate within four years. They probably eventually graduate, many of them, not all, nowhere near all graduate in that amount of time. Brian Howard is our guest today. Brian is the host of many podcasts. 
He is the host of specifically Unfiltered Discussions. Unfiltered Discussions is a really great podcast about getting into some tough subjects and hard to have conversations and unfiltered talking about thoughts and feelings and real life shit. I was on Brian's podcast. He is a wonderful person, so knowledgeable, very relatable, so down to earth, very fun to talk to. We have a blast every time that we are on a Zoom call together. I'm hoping someday we can meet in person. Brian has quite the background when it comes to education. He also graduated very late, but I won't spoil his story anymore for you. I think he should tell you that. Welcome back to the You're Not Qualified podcast. My name is Courtney Heater. I'm your host. Stoked that you're here. Thank you so much for being here. And I am a college degree holder. I kind of don't think it was worth it sometimes. And I think that this discussion is one that needs to be had more and more on many different levels and in many different households all across America and the world. Are you ready to get into it? Let's go. Brilliant. Okay. Tonight we have Brian on the You're Not Qualified podcast. So excited to talk with Brian tonight and to share this conversation with you all. Brian is the host of Unfiltered Discussions. I had the absolute pleasure to be on his. We'll obviously link all of that. But tonight we're here to talk all about finishing college and taking a very long time to do it and how that kind of just shapes you as a person. But thank you so much for being here, Brian. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I We had such a great conversation on my podcast, both in the recording of it, but we must have spent, what, another 20 or 30 minutes yeah. afterward just chopping it up. And to put it into perspective, 25 minutes after we were scheduled to record tonight, we actually hit the record button. Yes. <laughs> the conversation that you and I have been able to have about a, a number of topics has just been amazing. And I'm super excited to be on your podcast. You were an amazing guest on mine. And uh, I think that this is going to be a good topic. Thank you. And I agree. I feel that more people than I thought ever existed could relate to this. Apparently it's a high statistical number of people that finish college in their later years after starting it. It's not something they tell you going into college, but it's definitely something that happens. So it's an option out there and we're here to encourage people, but I would love to get some background on your life first. What was your high school experience like? I'll tell you what, I was a philanderer. I'll just be honest. When I was in high school, I was a sports guy. I was a jock, but I was also, I was, I wouldn't consider myself a popular guy. I just had quite a bit of friends and I felt my scholastic career was good in a sense that I typically got decent grades and by decent grades, A's, B's, C's, couple C's maybe, but for the most part, it was A's and B's. I had to, in order to play sports. So I had to get above oh. a certain GPA. And so Overall, my high school experience was good. I will say that my high school experience really reminds me a lot of American Pie, not in the sense of the plot to American Pie, but that's the genre that I grew up in. Those movies came out when I was in high school. So a lot of the nuances and a lot of the things that were popular back then are the things that remind me of high school. And I... 
I was, I brought it up, I was a little bit of a, of a, a serial dater, let's call it. When I was in high school, I had one kind of constant girlfriend, but then we would break up and we, we had this toxic relationship that I didn't understand at that time. And I also didn't understand that there were some things in my background that really influenced me to not understand like how to handle my own emotions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I just didn't, I probably wasn't like the best person to date first and foremost. But when we get into the whole high school thing and we're dating and all this sort of stuff, my, my constant girlfriend actually got pregnant when we were 17 years old. We're, we're scared now. And if, if you think about health classes back then, they, the one VHS tape that they would put in that had the lines in it that would run up and down the screen <laughs> told you how bad of a person you were going to end up as, as a teenage parent. And so for me, my life was over. It was something that I just, I was going to go into the military and I had aspirations on that. We're talking right after September 11th. So the patriotism is through the roof. We're dealing with the whole stigma of different things in society that are taking place at that time. And here I am not going to go into the military, potentially not going to finish high school and I'm having a baby. And the only benefit to me was, is that I had started taking college courses in my sophomore year of high school, I think. And some of those courses actually helped with my high school credits. So I was able to graduate early. And in doing so, I was able to finish my high school career. And then with my daughter's mom, I was able to make sure that she put the focus on her high school career. Mm -hmm. And we ended up developing a relationship thereafter. We had a relationship, but we got more serious. And it was the agreement that she would go to school because I was already working. And then once she was done with school, got in a career, then I would go back to school. So we're looking at... 17 years old, trying to figure out how to budget and manage money and get a place to live and find jobs and raise kids and all this sort of stuff. And now we're also trying to put some sort of emphasis on college, but also understanding that there's a priority being my daughter or our daughter that requires us to make money for food and for rent and for the electric bill to turn on and all that sort of stuff. So that's my high school in a nutshell, if you will, before I was forced to grow up. I didn't have the luxury of being Peter Pan. I really, I felt like Benjamin Button. I was just this old guy at a young age. So that's my story there. It sets up such a unique economical position because as you said, you had to grow up really fast. You probably had to get a job right away when really you wanted to go into the military, but obviously that took that off the table. And it doesn't set you up for financial success to have a kid right out of high school and have to throw everything into the success of that other person and how that, that kind of sets the stage, but how long did that economic setback last? So when you were guesting on my podcast, we were, we had a shared experience about having to try to figure out things financially from an early age. My mom, when she found out that my girlfriend at the time was pregnant, there was a, there was a, I don't want to call it a game, but there was very much a circumstance of, I want you here. I don't want you here. I want you here. I don't want you here. And it resulted in me actually leaving her home 
she kicked me out of the house and I was forced at that point to, to make some serious life decisions, such as the next day, am I going to school? Where am I going to go live with my dad, which ultimately ended up being my decision. It was forced upon me, but it was my decision. Ultimately, how does that play into that? Because it's really easy to take the easy route and just say, okay, I'm going to flip hamburgers. And maybe a long-term goal would I be the manager of a fast food joint and maybe graduate into restaurant restaurants or hospitality or something and get the work experience under me. However, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Ironically, I was actually working for my mom at the time that she kicked me out of the house. So not only was I kicked out of the house, but I was fired. Lost a job. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So it was a double decker. And my girlfriend at the time was also working for my mom, but ironically, she was not fired. So go figure that. So long story short, the maturation of my financial picture really took probably a good two or three years for me to finally get a grasp on it. Because also just to date myself here too, there wasn't really a thing called debit cards back then. Mm -hmm. So you're having to write a lot of checks, which means if you're writing a check, you also have to budget and you have to plan on that check clearing your bank account even though you have money in your bank account. Oh yeah, I don't miss that. And when they introduced debit cards, which was shortly after I I was kicked out of the house, or at least where they became more prominent, I didn't understand that the debit card would still work even though I didn't have money. And it really set me back with overdraft fees and that sort of stuff. So there was a lot of things that I had to learn the hard way, if that makes sense. Yep. And then trying to be the one income in the household. So that way my daughter's mom could finish her schooling and also help raise the child and all that sort of stuff. It made it very tough. And I would say it was probably about three years or so before we actually got to the point where we could, I don't want to say splurge, but we could afford a Denny's meal. You could live more comfortably. Yeah, definitely. You graduated high school. You said 9-11. 9-11. Was that 2001 you graduated? I graduated 2002. Okay. But, yeah, so- but I graduated early. So right. 2001 into 2002 was my senior year. And so okay. I was able to graduate. I wanted, I think it was in December. It was early. I basically took all my courses prior to that, prior to the start of the next semester. And you started college though. When did-, did you start college? What year? I think I started college in, I want to say it was early 2000. I think it was like January, February of 2000. So you were in there before the kid. Okay. I was. And I had taken some core classes like English and I was very good at math at the time. So I took statistics and I took, I want to say an algebra class or something. So I had taken probably about five or six courses before that time. Not all of them counted towards my scholastic career in high school. And ironically, not all of them counted toward my degree when I went back to school, but it it did pave the way for me to understand what college was like. Yeah. And thankful for that. So thankful for that because that gave you that couple of year headwind to Mm -hmm. be able to go back. Do you think without that, you would have started college after having a kid? It's a good question. I don't know. And the reason why I don't know is because for the longest time, I worked in the financial industry. And so 
after I got out of fast food, I went into retail, which is essentially fast food without the food. And then I got into sales. And one of my first sales positions was in car sales. And I learned pretty quickly what ethics were. It was my first real life experience with sales ethics and customer service and that sort of stuff. And I decided I, I'm not, I don't have the ethics to be a car salesman. And I mean that in a very good way. I, I saw some deals go down that I really didn't agree with and that didn't sit well with me. So I applied to become a bank teller. And the reason why I became a bank teller is because I read a book and I couldn't tell you what the book is today. But in the book, this the protagonist had a private banker that they went to. And they, the relationship that they had with this private banker was just amazing. And it was more or less a MacGuffin in the whole story because that's not what the story was centered on. But I thought, wow, I'd love to be a private banker and cater to some of these multimillionaire people and just have this relationship with them and whatever. And so when I first applied, I remember I, I went into the interview as a teller and they said, what, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, I'd really like to become a private banker. And mind you, I didn't really understand what a private banker was. I just understood what it was in the book. And I think that was one of the reasons why they hired me is because I did have some sort of aspiration to be a specific position higher than what I was, if that makes sense. They probably had never heard that before. (laughs) And so I worked in banking very early. I think I went into banking in 2003 Mm -hmm. and I worked in banking all the way up until 2017. And in my final position, I was a branch manager and I was concurrent. I was managing two branches concurrently which didn't offer me a lot of time outside of work to try to focus on school. And in one of my conversations that I had with my manager and my district manager, I said, I'd really like to go back to school. They had a great program for tuition assistance and I wanted to take advantage of that. And I wanted to get my degree. And of course my mom had gotten her degree late in life and she had always said, I really just want you to get your degree. I really just want you to get your degree. It's never too late to get your degree. And it just never came about, just never came about. In 2017, I lost my job. And when I lost my job, I thought, wow, this was all I ever thought I would be. And now I have to go back on the job market. And here I was interviewing people on, hey, come to work here. And now I have to be the interviewee and going to work somewhere else. And what I found out real quickly was, is that my work experience, while valuable, did not replace the degree for the positions that I wanted. And so in early 2018, I made the decision to to go back to school. And I started out part-time and we got all that going on. And as life continued, I went through the process of school and ultimately graduated recently. So my adult education was about a little over four years, but it wasn't all full-time. So there's that. Right. So candidly, I don't know if I would have gone to school if I hadn't gone to school already, just because at the time, who knows what that butterfly effect would have looked like to get me to the point of going back to school, if that makes sense. Um, And as a kid, and I say a kid, meaning early 20s, I was more interested in doing whatever felt good. I was really interested in, especially after the divorce, trying to find out who my, who I was as a person, trying to find out the friend groups that I wanted to find out dating, of course, having relationship experience, that sort of stuff. 
And none of that really fit into a scholastic career, especially as an adult. So I'm not certain that I would have ever made the choice had I not had the experience and had I not found the need that I needed to fill that, if that made sense. Really love that you say that you went back for that specific, you're like, oh, this is where I really want my career to go. And I need education to get there on, on my podcast. I really try to hone in on those areas where you don't need to go to college because in our era, I graduated high school in 2006. So it was like very much college is how you get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. It's either that in my family, at least, or the military. And that's really the only options that you have. And that's how I grew up. And now I'm like in my thirties and I was like, that's a bunch of bullshit. That's not how it is. But there are those exceptions where you have a very specific goal and further education is going to get you there. And it happens that it's, that's just how life can sometimes unfold. Yep. So it's like super interesting, but it's trying to put the timeline together. So you definitely started getting credits early 2000. And then would you say you were like a freshman in college and then you went back as a sophomore? No, because a lot of the credits didn't, weren't able to go for one reason or another. Some of the credits were school specific. So they were whatever the credit number was with a letter afterward. And with the letter afterward of the class number or course number, they were non-transferable. So they were transferable within the state. Online college wasn't in my state. So I could do online college, but then I had to commit to course times, or I had to commit to a certain amount of credits per semester. And I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into that. And so there were several schools that I had looked at. I looked at University of Phoenix. I looked at is it Capella University. I looked at Grand Canyon University. I looked at quite a handful of them, to be honest with you. And I ended up settling on Southern New Hampshire University. Now that might not fit for everybody, of course, but Southern New Hampshire University had my had the course of study that I really wanted to focus on. And they had a relatively affordable cost per credit. And when looking at some of the schools, they had some accreditation issues. And I'm not going to talk any schools specifically on that, just in case they're listening. But I, even though they were sorted out, I didn't want to go and obtain a degree. And then 10 years later, find out that they're not accredited anymore. And then ask what's going on with my degree that I've paid for. Mm -hmm. I really didn't want to have that experience. So I just, I did decide on Southern New Hampshire University. And what's interesting is that you and I live on the West Coast. So here's an East Coast school that has East Coast time standards only in the first week of every course. And so everything is due at nine o'clock at night, our time, because it's due midnight on their time. But what I didn't understand is that in the last week of the course, it reverts back to that time frame for all of your due dates. So what I would suggest is for anybody who's going to go to college and going to go online, really learn those because you might have quite a bit of stress when it comes into turning in assignments and how that all works and talk to your advisor about that entire process. So maybe something on the West Coast would be more ideal for you to be able to do that. However, it, going back to college was a very positive decision for me. I found that I opened myself up to more learning experiences in things that I don't know that I would have had interest in before. And mm -hmm. whether that be like one of my most fascinating 
classes was world religions. It was like a study of world religions. Now, granted, I have a faith and my faith is important to me. So sometimes when you have a faith and you're learning about other religions, you feel dirty because you're going, this isn't a real religion, right? Or this one's wrong. Mine's right. But I looked more at it as a sociological perspective. Oh, this is how people do this, or this is how people do that part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very exciting for me to learn about things like that. And I found out that I don't like math nearly as much as I did in high school. (laughs) And I was the opposite. I was like, I like this more than I thought I did. And I'm better at it than I thought. I can get through it. I have the capability to get through it, but I just hated it. It just became this tedious thing. Mm. But I found that I love to write reports and not in the sense that I wanted to do this 50,000 word report, 50 pages long or whatever, but I like to go through and do research and prove a point. And it's, Mm I think there's the stigma that you have the housewife or the woman or whatever it might be that all she does is she wants to win the argument. At least that's what it's like on the guy's side of things. I'll tell you what, I like to win the argument too. So going through and finding out, like finding all the resources and saying, here's my position on this and here's why, that was really exciting for me. And I didn't think that would be something that I'd be interested in. Likewise, I found that psychology and sociology were huge passions of mine. And should I have done this differently? Cause I have a business degree now. Should I have done this differently? I met, I might've gone into one of those things as well. So I guess it was just a great overall experience for me because it had me learn a lot of things about that. And also when you get into the politics side of it, which I try not to talk politics on any podcast, so we don't have to go there. You start to understand like why this party does this or why that party does that. And also how that circles around back to the party that you don't like, back mm-hmm. to the party that you're not partisan to. Because it's all it's it's two different wings, but it's the same bird. So you start finding these things that you're like, are we really doing the right thing as a society? Are we really doing these things for the benefit of us? Or who is it, who exactly is it benefiting? And so it really teaches you to critical think and crit- critically analyze things. And I love that. I love puzzles, I love Sudoku, I love challenging myself in those ways. So this was another aspect of that where I could put that together. And I didn't like doing the assignment or having to be bound to the assignment and especially the assignment time all the time. I get it turned in, of course, but the stress and the anxiety of trying to get it in on the deadline was what I didn't like. The studying part of it was fascinating. I really enjoyed it. I played music all through middle school and high school. I played the trumpet and the trombone. I'm sorry, not the trombone, the tuba and the baritone. And I thought, wow, I know everything that there is to know about music. And I took a music course thinking, oh, this is going to be great. No, it was not anything that I I wanted to learn. Very difficult. Yeah, it was the it was probably the second hardest class that I've ever taken. It sucked. Oh, my God. You had to try to dissect instruments through listening to music. And I love music, but I didn't like music that term at all. But yeah, so it's fascinating. It's really cool. And and candidly, like my daughter is going to school right now. She's going to school online at Southern New Hampshire University, which is cool, right? Because here we have that generational thing. But I was able to bring her to my graduation and she was able to see me graduate and walk down the aisle. And I wrote a blog on my podcast website and it was basically odd because it was 20 years later, here I am walking down the aisle, getting ready to to get my degree. And I've got 
my dad and my mom who are divorced with me, my brother, who's 15 years younger than I am, and my daughter. And when I got, when I walked and I got my high school diploma, my daughter was still baking, right? She was still in the, oh, no, no, she wasn't. She was born, but she was just a baby, just a baby. So it was a weird dichotomy of comparing that time frame that here I was finishing up school so I could be a dad. And here I am finishing up college in a certain sense. So my daughter can learn, Hey, challenges you can still get through. So you it's can never be a dad. too late. It's never too late. And so I could be a dad. Yeah. And at the core of me, I've always been a dad and I'd like to think that I'm a great dad, but it was just a really weird concept for me to go through that and talk about emotions. I was so happy and I was absolutely thrilled. My, my daughter's boyfriend wanted to come. I really wish that he could have been there. I wish my sister could have been there. I wish my whole family could have been there. But regardless, it was a huge milestone for me. And I was so happy to get there. I, it's, it brings so much joy to hear that, especially because you put so many years into it and you could finally see the fruits of your labor. That was one thing going back to my advisor. And he did tell me that it's not that common that people keep coming back to want to keep pursuing it. Cause I'd have to get my logins again. And like sometimes not reapply, but it's almost like re-enlist. Okay. Now right. I'm active and I'm, I was inactive, but I did it and you did it. And it's very difficult sometimes. But you just got to do it. When I was on your podcast, you did mention that a big reason you wanted to go and finish was because your daughter is also going to graduate graduate college and you wanted to graduate before her to get it finished. So at what point when you decided that, how much did you have left to go? And what was that like to get that done? So I went back to school in 2018 and she graduated high school in 2021. So my thought was initially there's a program here locally where you can go, I think your junior and senior year, for sure your senior year, maybe your junior year, you can go to the community college and you can get dual credits. And she had talked for a long time that she wanted to do that. That ultimately didn't come to fruition, but that would allow you to graduate with both your associates and your high school diploma. And that scared me because I thought my daughter was going to be more educated than I was. <laughs> and so I thought, wait, hold on. I know more about the world than she does just comedically. But I think for me, I knew that I needed to go back to school specifically for my profession. And I'll get into that here in just a minute. But I wanted to show her that not only can I do it, but I will do it. And not only am I doing it later in life, but I can show her that I can still accomplish things. And so it did become a race for me, both in a matter of pride that I needed to do it before my daughter did it, but also because I needed to show her that things can be accomplished regardless of circumstance. If you really put your mind to things, you can achieve anything that you want. And now, does that mean that it didn't come with debt? Does it mean that it didn't come with sleepless nights? Does it mean that there weren't challenges? Absolutely not. There were absolute challenges going back to school. There were deaths in the family. There was the whole COVID-19. There was everything to do with challenges that we could have with challenges was challenged. So there was a bunch of things that I could have just given up with, but I also needed to show her that, hey, if, even if I'm going to take a term off, then I'm going to go back and I'm going to finish it. 
But the reason why I paused when I said that I wanted to go back because of my industry, because of my career, I do want to stress because I've had the privilege and I've had the opportunity to be able to network with a multitude of businesses in a number of different industries and talk with hiring managers and talk with recruiters. And I was a recruiter in a previous life and really try to find talent for companies. I had the privilege of working as a recruiter after my banking career where I would work with mining and I would work with warehousing and I would work with manufacturing and I would work with retail and I would work with professionals and all this sort of stuff trying to find talent. Now, depending on the economy, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a degree in order to get a a good paying job. I won't say Mm -hmm. a great paying job, but a good paying job, unless you have some sort of thing that you're creating. But trade schools are equally important, if not more Mm -hmm. important now, because if you look right now, if you've gotten into an accident in your car and you're waiting for insurance to fix it right now, depending on where you live, it might be three or four months before they can fix your car. Why is that? Two things. There was a distribution problem that really initially started in COVID-19 during the coronavirus. We didn't manufacture anything. Everything was shut down. Nothing was really manufactured overseas. And it created a, a logistics problem for the modern world to get different products to be able to sh- be shipped over and, and et cetera. While we are coming out of that right now, we've pushed college, especially at our age, we've pushed college to everybody and their dog. You have to go get a four-year degree. You have to go get your bachelor's. You have to go get your master's. You have to go get your doctorate. You have to be out-educated or over-educated compared to your competition in the workforce. That is a farce. That is not Mm -hmm. true. There's a reason why your car is not being fixed, and it's because there's a lack of mechanics. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why it's taking forever for you to get a plumber to your house is because there's a lack of plumbers. There's room for trade school. You don't have to go and get a four-year degree. If you're passionate in trades, construction, manufacturing, You can go and get the knowledge and the certificates that you need in community college or another learning establishment, and you can actually go and you can work and you can make killer money and you can retire and you can have everything in life that you can have with a bachelor's degree. Yes. But we have done a poor, let me rephrase that. We've done a piss poor job in society of pushing education. So my degree is a bachelor's of a bachelor of science in business administration with a focus in organizational leadership. Now, what does that mean? It means I read a couple books once, but it also means that I can go into a business and I can dissect it both from a financial perspective, from a marketing perspective, from an atmosphere, from an environmental mm-hmm. perspective. I can walk into a business with a general understanding of knowing that, hey, you have to budget for things. You have to have good accountability. You have to have a great financial team around you. You have to have a great HR staff. You have to have these things if you would like the company to grow and you have to have great leadership if you want the company to succeed. And we can see that proven in in society right now. You look at horrible companies, more than likely it has to do with leadership, not necessarily the employees. And so that's what my degree taught me. However, I'm not a welder. If I need a welder, the welder is going to need some welding certificates they're going to get. Is it going to be TIG welding? Is it going to be MIG welding? I don't know. I just know it needs to be welded. Like I don't have that skill. And 
honestly, you want somebody with great experience and great education behind that. So they don't need a four-year degree to become a welder. You don't, there's also other certificates that are out there like Six Sigma. If anybody's heard of Six Sigma, it has to do, it's a belt system. So you get a green belt or a black belt or whatever the belt system is. But it says basically that you've learned how to lead and organize a manufacturing team. And the Six Sigmas are great for that because they teach you a lot of the fundamentals on how to run that type of atmosphere. If they went and got a poli sci degree from University of Phoenix or Western Governors University or whatever it might be, that's not really going to teach them how to run the industry that they want. Long story short, and I know I'm a little long-winded here, but long story short, education is not a bachelor's degree. Education, education is furthering your expertise in the area that you want. And that might be a certificate. That might be a couple community college classes. If all you want to do is you want to become a great photographer, maybe that's a couple courses in photography and then a couple marketing courses. And then you hit the road and you go and you learn how to take pictures and you learn how to market yourself and you learn how to share those. That's really all it, that's really all it takes. So I guess, and I know you haven't asked this question, but I guess if I were to advise somebody on what they want to do, mm-hmm. find your passion. What are you passionate about? Because if you're passionate about something, follow that. If you're passionate about politics, yeah, go get your poli-sci degree, go get your law degree, and then go be a lobbyist for a couple of years and go really learn how state legislatures work. Or go intern at the White House or go do whatever you want to do. If you want to be a construction manager, maybe there's some construction courses that you can take at the local community college. Or better yet, maybe there's some apprenticeships that can be done at different companies of the industry that you're looking for. Yeah, that's kind of my spiel. So inspiring. I want to clap. I love it so much. There's just so many opportunities for people. My my nephew wants to be a welder and it's really great that he's living in the world as it is right now. Because mm-hmm. if he was living in the world when I was coming up, they'd be like, go to a four-year school, mm-hmm. get into finance, be a lawyer, be a doctor. But now, and my brother is just great. So he's great. Like one, mm-hmm. it's a little bit cheaper for me. And two, we can just go to trade school, learn yeah. to be a welder. And it's going to set you up for success because- yep. Also, there's a shortage. So you could probably even get great internships under people that are just hungry to share and hungry for some new talent in it. You did mention that you went back to school because in 2018, because you're like, okay, I need this to Mm -hmm. step up my career. There's been quite a few years between then and now. So then and you graduating, how did you get jobs without your degree then? Did you pivot what you were focusing on in that time? Did you start your podcast then? Great question. I started this podcast, the Unfiltered Discussion podcast this year, 2023. (laughs) This podcast was, I guess you could call it a result of education, mainly because I think I'm really tired of people telling me what my opinion should be on an issue (laughs) or people telling me that I should know how to feel with a certain experience. And this unfiltered discussions is really just conversational, kind of like what you and I are doing here, talking about people's experiences with X or Y subjects. And those aren't my stories, but it's my opportunity to hear from people and hear their experiences. And I guess for me, the benefit is that it's allowed me to become the empath that I've always been, where I listen to people and I relate to people and I have an opportunity to put their shoes on for a minute without having to take the, take a walk 
if that makes sense. So I think that, the, yeah, that's probably results from college because it is something that I want to challenge myself to listen to different experiences. I, I don't want to get political. That's not the realm that I want to be in. But And I don't really want to talk religion a whole bunch either because everybody has an opinion on that. But I do want to talk about things that are important to people. So whatever that importance is, I want to be able to share that with an audience and interview them as a host. I, I, I really don't want it to be about me. However, in 2018, I was a recruiter. That's what I did. I was a recruiter up until early 2020. And I really craved to get back into the financial world. And I took it and in position with an insurance company. And it allowed me to not only be the salesperson that I've always been, but it allowed me to dig a little bit deeper into a different form of finance, if that, if it were, because here I was, I spent the better part of 20 years, 15 years in banking. And I knew everything. I knew that inside and out. It was fortuitous that I lost my job there for a number of reasons. Number one, it allowed me to be humble because I had achieved greatness already in that role. Mm. And it allowed me to understand that it can happen to anyone, regardless of circumstance. And it allowed me to say, okay, here's a challenge. How do I get past it? And as a dad, it really made me think, how do I need to show my daughter that she can get past this too later in life? And it became a challenging situation and I had to take a massive pay cut and I had to deal with things that, that I had never expected. I just finished a court battle that cost me $15,000 and that was still on the credit card. I'm wait, I was waiting to pay it off and life happens. And yeah. honestly, for my health, it was the best thing that happened for me. For my ego, it was the best thing that happened for me. For my future, it was the best thing that happened for me. So it allowed me to get into the recruiting realm, which taught me so much about other business. Yeah. And then it, I got into insurance, which taught me a different factor or different outlook on finance. And it taught me, I was able to use all the skills that I had collected to this point to be in that position, but it taught me so much about the appreciation of a job. Also, I was better with customers because of it, if that makes sense. I didn't do anything bad with customers or anything, but I felt More like I was, and, yeah, I felt like yeah. I was in a better place, logically, a better place, emo emotionally, a better place in life Yeah, to be able to recommend these certain, these things to people. And honestly, I matured through that whole process quite a bit. I wasn't immature by any means, let's, as far as what people would think immaturity is, but I grew so much. And in that growth, I do, I do credit that to college in a certain aspect because yeah. It was a responsibility that I needed to manage on top of being a dad, on top of being a full-time employee, on top of everything that comes with it. And so would I say that going back to the question of how has a degree helped me now, I recently took a new position that I wouldn't have had if it weren't for a degree. Yeah. And I have other opportunities because of a degree. Now, I don't think... I still think that the, the corporate world, the state governments, federal governments, they still put a, an overemphasis on degrees. Yeah. I think that you can do some of these jobs without a degree. For instance, if you're in an accounting role, you don't have to take and become a CPA 
or even an enrolled agent, you can get a lot of basic accounting courses together and really learn on what you'd like to do without the degree. But a lot of employers and a lot of people still value the degree even more than experience now. And I think that's something that should probably change in the future, particularly now where there's so many businesses that are looking to hire and the standards are still really high. I would imagine that you're going to find more, more, more corporations and businesses take a little bit more chances. I, I equate it to this. When I would hire tellers at the bank, I hired based off of personality. I didn't hire based off of their looks. I didn't hire based off of their background. I didn't hire based off of their education. I really didn't even hire based off of their work experience. I knew that if you had some form of work experience that I could teach you something. And I knew that if you were over 18, you're considered an adult and you're considered mm -hmm. responsible. And I knew that if you had a great personality that I could teach you how to talk to people and I could teach you how to interpret things in a very easy and digestible manner and parcel it off to where I'm not trying to shove it all down your throat. And as I helped people in recruiting, I was very fortunate to be able to help people coming out of the military and actually pair them with, corp or with yeah, corporations and businesses that might fit their needs. Because there's a lot of people who come out of the military that don't have a degree, but they have such a vast knowledge yep. of many different trades. And how do you put that on a resume? And so I was very fortunate to work with our military members to help them find jobs that that maybe required a degree, but now I can explain that to the business owner one-on-one -on -one and say, hey, I've got this candidate who, blah, 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 and can I set up a meeting with you? And I also was able to learn what businesses look for, because at the end of the day, I do believe that businesses would really like to hire the right person, not the person that's available right now if that makes mm -hmm. sense. And in order to do that, sometimes you do have to take a chance. Sometimes you have to find somebody, maybe they have a felony and the felony is 15 years ago and they've rehabilitated their life. They need a second chance or a third chance even. And they need to be able to provide love and a home and everything for their family. Working in insurance, I one of the last deals that I had in insurance, I was working with a guy who was convicted of armed or not armed robbery, but it was burglary and breaking and entering. I don't remember what the charges were, but he ended up spending nine years in prison. Now, the reason why he was in somebody's home and doing these things is because his life was pretty troubled and he was involved in drugs and being involved in drugs, you get, you of course, rub elbows with people who are not probably the greatest members of society at times. And they made some poor decisions and he had to pay for the poor decisions. And he spent nine years in prison and he came out of prison and he rehabilitated his life. He found his own faith and he stuck to it and he met his wife and they have three beautiful children and he works for a retailer and he makes killer money but there's certain things with a felony that you're not allowed to have. You can't live in certain neighborhoods. You can't get life insurance. A lot of times you're considered a risk. And I was able to work with him with the company that I worked for and actually found a life insurance product that I was able to insure him for over $600,000. And you want to talk about making this guy's day. It mm. was just, he'd been told no so many times he didn't expect to have a yes. 
And when I called him and had the conversation with him and sure, sure enough, he was able to do that. It not only made his day, it made his wife's day because think about the peace of mind as a spouse to know that should something happen to your husband or your wife, that you're going to have some sort of settlement that comes back to help take care yeah, of your family. That's the really backwards thing about it is that his family should not have to suffer for that. And that's what no. a life insurance policy can yeah, help. Not at all. Now put that into an employment perspective. Yeah. The same guy, he may have a felony. He may have a record. Does that mean he's a poor guy? No. Does it mean he's got poor work ethic? No. Does it mean that because he doesn't have a degree that, that he's a bad person? No, because while he was locked up for nine years, he did. He put in work on himself. He read a lot. He found who he was. He found who he didn't want to be. Hmm. He came out. He found faith. He put it to work. He did the elbow grease. He has a college degree in the hardest part of life that you can get that he can't put on a resume. My point of saying all of that is, is that this guy doesn't need a degree to show you his work ethic. His life shows you his work ethic. And I think that going back to the whole stigma of you have to have a degree in society. I think you'll find more people like that are, will have a chance taken on them and hopefully we'll have a chance taken on them. And hopefully for those people who are working toward a degree because they're passionate in it, or they know that they want to achieve it, or it's, it's a goal that they've always had, or maybe they're the first person to ever get a college degree in their family, or maybe they're the first girl in their family to get a college degree, or maybe they've come to the country, this country with looking of hopes of the American dream. And they're finding these colleges that they would have never had access to. And so they want to have a degree, whatever the motivation is of getting a degree, by all means, get it. But make it yours. Yes. Don't do it because society tells you to. Yes. Your goals. I, and I have two thoughts and I'll lead with the negative and then I'll end with the positive on that. But it's just absolutely asinine to me that so many jobs and there's lots of job seekers out there right now, but so many jobs will require a four year degree. And that is literally all they require. It doesn't even matter what it is, like even what the degree is for a lot of these companies, they just want to see that you have it. And to your point for what, why? Because you can prove that you can spend a ton of money or go into a ton of debt and work for four years with something that you might not even actually use in your life. I have a literature degree. I'm not using that. I write up scripts for my podcast and that's helpful. I have great grammar, but that's great. Cause I, I use chat GPT for mine. So that works before chat GPT. <laughs> I, I wrote them down hand wrote them, but no, that was a joke, but I know I agree with you a hundred percent on that because I will tell you, there is something that employers do look at when it does come to a degree, your degree could be underwater basket weaving and you go and it's the most useless degree that you'll ever find. Nobody's going to swim underwater and basket weave. But with a degree, it to an employer, it does look like you were able to start something and finish it. Now, that's the most expensive way that you can make somebody prove to you that they can start something and finish it. How about your last work project? Or how about an apprenticeship? Yeah. Can we go back to apprenticeships where people who are coming right out of high school that know that they want to do this, whatever this job is, a cobbler or a welder or whatever it might be, that... They say, look, I want to become an apprentice. I have tattoos. There's so many good tattoo artists that are out there, but the only way that you're going to become a tattoo artist, unless you have a whole bunch of money, is you're going to learn as an apprentice. And you have to be a great artist and then a great tattoo artist. Mm. There's certain qualities that you have to get. Are you going to get a degree to become a tattoo artist? Probably not. More than likely not. But does it mean that you 
have to get a degree to become a tattoo artist? No, you don't have to at all. If you wanted to, maybe to teach you more about how to run a business, maybe you get a degree in entrepreneurship, but that's your choice at that point. So I'm a huge advocate for apprenticeships. And again, community colleges, I think the community colleges are so invaluable for a couple of reasons. Number one, the cost is obviously lower. Yeah. They typically offer night courses. And in today's day and age, specifically after COVID, a lot of times there's still online courses available. And a lot of times they're hundred percent acceptance rate. Correct. So you can get in, even if you have the worst grades from high school or GED or what have you, a lot of colleges won't take the, yeah. And the gold, the silver lining of all of that though, for all of these people that might be listening who are like, oh shit, like I don't have a college degree yet, but I also have a full-time job. I have my life. But for those people to your point who are like, I really would love to have a college degree just to have it, to prove that I can, I'm so close, which is my thing. I'm so close. I might as well just get it. I think that there's something so beautiful about developing the grit, the grit Mm -hmm. you will just beam with after going through life with your full-time job, with everything going on, and then dedicating that time to doing something just for you. That is so time consuming and so hard, like finishing your degree that will only make you a stronger, better person. Of course, you don't have to finish your degree, but if you want to, it's, it says so much about your character. For people who love art or like you have a literature degree, right? So it's almost like reading one of the most classic novels and the novel 600 pages or whatever it is you stop at page 400 you never know how it ends you're not going to know how it ends unless you finish it yeah so at this point your mind's running with okay what does this look like what is this how does it end how does this character turn out how does this storyline turn out am i focusing entirely on the macguffin of it all or am i focused on maybe the point or the ability to learn a lesson. You'll never know that if you don't finish it. So I would absolutely encourage people to finish it. I can tell you it was blissful when I finished. And you and I had this conversation before where when you finally get your, you, that sense of accomplishment comes also with a sense of relief, but also an an extreme joy. Oh yeah. It's if people could see me, they can see that obviously I don't run marathons. But they, for people who run marathons, it's not because they enjoy running. It's because they enjoy finishing the race. And I think that's huge because when you actually finish the race, when you have that medal draped around your neck saying, hey, you did it, you might be the last in line, but you still got the medal that says you did it. And now you can say, ha ha, I did it. And here's my medal to show you. Yeah, it's the it's. I don't know. It's kind of like when you visit the restaurant and you buy the t-shirt and you're like, ha ha, I was here. It's that mixed with, holy cow, I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. And I think that in today's society with social media, the way that it is with mental health, the way that it is, we're just coming out of one of the most heinous health circumstances that, that we have ever faced mm-hmm. and potentially that our country has ever faced. And there was a lot of hate that happened during that time. And there was a lot of confusion and there was a lot of disorientation and misinformation and all that. And regardless of what your opinion is, whether you think that COVID was a, was to the level that it should have been, or maybe it should have been worse, or you voted blue, you voted red. None of that matters. We live in a society right now that's so self-deprecating 
that it's very easy for us to lose our self-esteem and lose our self-confidence strictly by going onto social media. We find ourselves in a world where we're trying to keep up with the Joneses digitally, whether that be we're trying to show off our car, show off our house, show off our new quote unquote fit, as the kids would say today, trying, trying to show off our new bling or our musical talent or whatever it might be. When you invest in yourself, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it be a degree or whether it be a fitness goal or whether it be a reading goal or whatever, and you accomplish it, the best pat on the back that you get for doing that, when you can pat yourself on the back, it requires no recognition. It really doesn't. Having my parents at my graduation was great. Having my daughter there was special. Having my brother there was awesome. But for me, knowing that I finished my degree, knowing that I finished it and I put in the effort and I took the time and I focused on the grades and the GPA and I got better grades and a GPA than I did in high school and in in an advanced learning situation Mm -hmm. with a full-time job. And yeah, it's going to come with some debt and yeah, it's going to come with those hard nights. Like I said, but my goodness, did that do wonders for my self-esteem? My goodness, is there a time to really just celebrate? And like my friends that... I couldn't go to all the things that I wanted to go to because I was studying or I had finals or whatever. My friends, when I meet with them after I graduate and they're throwing me a little congratulation party. Yeah, that was awesome. But if you don't have any friends, which is probably a a reality for someone, you can still sit back and go, dang it, I did it. Yep. And look at what I'm going to do next. Yep. You are doing it all for yourself. Mm -hmm. You are. My friends threw me one too. And I was like, you guys are just the sweetest. I graduated in 2019. So I was like, you guys are the sweetest people ever. But I didn't walk because I was in a different state and I didn't want to fly back. But I I I love (laughs) it. I don't recommend the whole flight across the country because I'm here in Nevada and Southern New Hampshire University is obviously in New Hampshire. And the flight there and the flight back just took so long. A long ways. Yeah, but I did it. I did it. I wanted to do it. It was something that I really wanted to do because I'd never been back there before. And it was beautiful and it was a great experience. But I could also understand why people wouldn't want to go. Absolutely. I didn't. And it was Kansas. And I was like, there's no reason. Nothing too bad on Kansas. I spent a lot of time there, but would not live again. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, the race analogy that you had. I love it. Love it. Because I literally just completed my first ultra marathon two weekends ago. And I will tell you, it was one of the harder things I've ever done physically in my life, but it is so point like poignant that you don't do it for the running during, I wanted to yeet myself off the mountain. Mm-hmm. You do it for the end. I mm-hmm. was the slowest person but I finished and I crossed that line and they waited for you. What's that? They waited for you. They waited for me and they gave me the medal. The sandwiches were gone, but I didn't blame them for that. They had to go, I'm sure. But it was in for people out there that are like, could never do that. You can, I did it. It took me eight and a half hours to run 32 miles, which is a long time. It's a whole work day, but you know what? I did it. And across the finish line was absolutely not the fittest person out there. Will I do it again? Yes, because I'm chasing the feeling at the end of the finish line. And that's what it all is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's chasing the high. And that, yeah. and, that's, and, that, and see, this is a good thing because you're investing in yourself in a positive direction. I don't recommend people chase the high of what they want to invest in is alcohol or drugs or yeah. pornography or some of those things. But chasing the high is a good thing sometimes. But what I would say is that when you are invest, and it could be you're investing in a relationship and you're finally getting to the point of marriage or 
it could be a lot of different things, right? Yeah. And when you get that blissful feeling, specifically when it's something about what you did, I don't know that there's a better feeling than that. Maybe becoming a parent, I would say, is probably the mm-hmm. only time that I think I felt better. I was probably more scared, to be honest with you. But yeah, it, it was great investing in yourself and finding the realization that you actually did it. It's something that's just profound. And then you have it in your back pocket mm-hmm. anytime where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. And you're like, well, I did that. Right. And exactly. I, I, that was really hard. So why is this any different? So I'm, we're obviously coming up pretty close to time, but I'm very curious about one last point. And I appreciate you so much for having so much wisdom throughout all of this. I'm so excited about this whole conversation, but around your daughter, and I know that she ended up going to college. You have such a healthy view on the value of college either way. The narrative to your daughter, though, she chose college as a parent. And for those parents that listen, how did you grapple with that yourself? And do you feel like you were pushed to push her into the college experience? So I feel like kids are still pushed into the college experience. My daughter wanted to go to the university and she did for the first semester. It was an odd time, though. So it's Mm. the latter part of 2020. 20, yeah, no, 2021, we still have COVID. We still have all of that sort of stuff. And she's having to live on campus, but she has to wear a mask everywhere that she goes. And she is in online classes. Now, she was six and a half hours or so away from home. So I didn't want to pressure her one way or another as far as if she wanted to continue school or what she wanted to do with that. And I I think the kicker was, is that she really wasn't able to socialize in the manner that she thought she was able to join a sorority and those types of things, but it was still pretty COVID-y if I can use that as an, as an adjective. Um, And so she ended up deciding to come home. Now I did tell her that if she's going to come home, she's not just going to veg. So she's got to do something. And so she went to online school and she did a semester. And then she took the next semester out or term, I guess she took the next term off. And we had a discussion as far as what she wanted to do. And in that, she chose that she wanted to do school part-time and that she wanted to work. And I was totally fine with that because at the time she's getting her social skills in or her socializing in, she's making money, which is always a good thing to learn at that age. She's learning more about budgets and all that sort of stuff. and. She's still bettering herself. And at the end of the day, I just stagnant being still is not a good thing. You have to move somewhere, whether it be forward or backward, you have to move. And that's kind of what life teaches us. And so she, she really put the focus in and put the ability in on moving forward. Now in that she's been able to advance in her career, believe it or not, she actually works for a bank. And (laughs) so in my talks with her now, I try to tell her about the value that I missed out on tuition reimbursement. The tuition assistance is huge. If you don't have to pay that out of pocket, you don't have to take student loans on it. It's so valuable. So if she can get it right now, before she continues to grow in that position, before she continues to take on more challenging jobs, it would be ideal for her to do that. But I also understand that it's not something that has to take place overnight. So I don't force it on her. I really like that. 
I don't think anybody should be forced into college. We've said this the whole time. And that's such a great way to approach it because you're still parenting because you're like, you got to do something and you can't just sit here. Love it. So you have, as I said, had just the most amazing things to say about all of this whole topic, whether you want to go to college, whether you want to go to trade school, how to navigate what it meant for you. And then, you know, what it meant for me, if you had a title and a bow and give a nice exit statement, what would you say to encourage people? Don't stop learning. I think that's huge. Learning in today's society is represented by a certificate. Now, is it right? Is it wrong? It's hard to tell. Yeah. But don't stop learning. Don't stop challenging yourself. It's really easy to be complacent in life. And when things are going great, sometimes you might lose your job and sometimes you might not. Sometimes you might not get the job that you want to get. Sometimes you might feel maybe that you're not good enough because you don't know certain things. What I would suggest is that never stop learning for you. If you're passionate about things, study it, get into it, read about it. Reading is huge. I think in today's society, books are not really the thing. We all read on iPads or tablets or even our phones or whatever. Go to Barnes and Noble, go pick up a book, whatever the book is. I've got the most recent book that I purchased is Tom Segura. And it's, I'd like to play alone, please. And it's a paperback. And I picked it up out of Barnes and Noble. And the first thing that I did was I put it to my face and I sniffed it. And not because I thought I was going to smell Tom Segura, of course, or even Burt Kreischer, but because books have an innate ability to make you just feel good. And so mm-hmm. if you can feel that sense of accomplishment, it's really hard to say, okay, I've swiped my fingers 35 times. I've read 35 pages. It's another thing to look at the book and be like, I'm halfway through. Go pick up a book, whatever you're excited about, whatever you want to learn about. If you want to learn about the Rashad structure in Greece, or you want to learn about a, a really good thing that you want to learn about if you're into societal stuff is learn about the trade schools and learn about the trades and why, what's the reasoning that they're not in schools anymore? And how has that affected some minorities? And how is that affecting our economy? Just get micro and get macro and just figure out some of these things. Just don't stop learning whatever you're excited about. If you want to be a podcaster or photographer, you want to be a TV host or you want to do whatever, don't stop learning. Learn about people. Learn about the people that you think are mentors. Learn about the people who have made mistakes before. What mistake did they make and how can you avoid them? Learn about history. Learn about things that that you're absolutely excited in. And if you want to learn in, in a public forum or if you want to learn in organized format, go to school. There's no better direction on an organized format of schooling that's going to hold you accountable than go to school. Yep. And if you want to learn how to weld or you want to become an electrician or you want to be an HVAC installer or you want to be a plumber, or you want to be a tattoo artist, go look for an apprenticeship. Yep. Go talk to people that are in it. Go. The only obstacle that's in your way is you. So move out of the way and go learn something. And all of this applies at any age. Yes. yes. NEH. Yes. And actually, I recently just spoke with a, with a doctor on brain science. And the one thing that he said is if you want to have a healthy life or longer life, when you retire, learn an instrument. Blew my mind, right? Because we were talking about music 
and just absolutely blew my mind. And the reason why is because it challenges you to put your brain to work. So think about that. If you're going to retire, hopefully you're retiring somewhere in your 60s, right? But maybe it's your 70s. Maybe it's later. Maybe it's earlier. Learn something new and you'll live a longer life. Holy cow. What a simple concept. So simple. And so so like graspable. Anybody can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Never stop learning. I do recommend going to school if what you want to go to school for, you're going to use. Yep. If you're going to learn underwater basket weaving, don't go to school. Just find something that's going to hire you and then have underwater basket weaving as your hobby. If you want to learn something that's going to make you money, learn about what motivates you. Yep. Find that motivation, find your inspiration and then act on it. Don't complacency is the worst thing for you. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. There's no standing still. And if you want a literature degree, don't do it. Just join a book club instead. (laughs) That's my final. There you go. I love to dissect books, but I could have done that with a group of friends rather than thousands and thousands of dollars later. Okay. Brian, I really appreciate as always our conversation. I have a feeling that this won't be our last one. No, we'll find something new to talk about. We're going to find something. You have other, you have other platforms, but thank you for being here. It's a little late for both of us. So I appreciate your attention and this was wonderful. I'm so excited for people to hear all of this. Every time we talk, it's just a full-on in-depth conversation. So this will not be our last time talking. It won't. Sure. It uh, won't. If we'll find another subject, we'll do it, whether it's on your platform or my platform, we'll get something going. Yes. We're like magnetically drawn yes, absolutely. in some way. And I love that. I love that we know each other now, but again, yes, thank you and have a great night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the You're Not Qualified podcast. I appreciate you being here so much. So I exist in this space to encourage you to do everything you are afraid to do. I really hope that these stories presented in this podcast inspire you to go after all of the things that you do not think that you have the necessary, quote unquote, qualifications for. You are much more qualified than you think. Email me. I would love to hear from you and how these stories on this podcast resonate with you. Send me your experience with imposter syndrome. I love to hear all about how it works in your life, how you've overcome it, how you've learned to work with it to excel in the areas that you're really passionate about. I can be reached at ynqpod at gmail.com. Or send me a DM. I'm on Instagram. I am on TikTok. I'm on threads in YouTube, all under the handle at YNQPod. That's at YN as in Nancy Q Pod. DM me, email me, thread me. I don't know if we've come up with a verb for that yet. YouTube me. Just get in touch and I'd love to hear from you. I am most active on Instagram. If you are looking for inspirational reels, it's one of my favorite things to do. So check me out on Instagram. There's a new episode out currently every first Thursday of the month. And I do bonus episodes too. So keep an eye out for those. Go do 
that thing. 